welcome everyone to the next episode of our Fake Nerds Watch series on Star Trek Picard. I'm Brandon T. McClure, uh, co-host of the Fake Nerd Podcast and uh, your, I don't know, guide through this trek. Uh, with me as always is Michael Carls from the Downright Nerdy Podcast. Hi everybody. I lost the thread on that intro. <laughs> it's okay though. Yeah. How you doing? For having me. I'm doing great, man. Thank you again for having me, man. It's always a pleasure being on. Yeah. Of course. I'm glad I get to talk about the show with someone equally as passionate about Star Trek. Wow. How much are how passionate are we about Star Trek, man? I mean, uh, it's too much. It, it's very, you know, it's rare to find another passion uh, someone as passionate about this in the wild and who has a lot of the same um, hobbies as we do. So yeah. I, it's really neat to uh, to uh, talk this uh, talk Star Trek with you. New Star yeah. Trek too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of programming notes up top. Uh, uh, we are a little bit behind on our YouTube page. Um, right now I'm moving, so you'll see a little gaps in my DVD shelves and my pops are gone. And my cat will no undoubtedly make an appearance this episode. Um, <laughs> the unofficial uh, third co-host of the show. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's get, in, let's get right into it. This is The Impossible Box, episode uh, six. Yep. Episode six. Yes, it uh, is. And... I'm glad. First off, let me just say that I'm really glad that we're in the the part of the show where the plot just doesn't stop moving. Finally, right? Yes. I mean, there's a lot of buildup, but I I'm feeling like it's it's paying off well. Yeah. In, especially in this episode. We aren't like okay. Uh, I just finished watching Star Trek Discovery season two. Okay. Um. And one of the things I really appreciate about Star Trek Picard over Star Trek Discovery um, is that we waited to a, a long time to find out uh, who the Red Angel was uh, in Discovery, which is the, okay. the major kind of like MacGuffin of the show, of the season. What's the Red Angel? Who's the Red Angel? What's going on? And then it took us a long time to get to a point where we actually got answers. Uh, I binged it, so it doesn't really feel like that. But if I watched that week to week, that was gonna that would get frustrating. Yeah. And so I'm watching Picard week to week because of the show, and I never feel like I'm missing elements of the plot. I always feel like I'm getting new information every week. Right, and yeah, I 100% feel the same way. And um, to be quite honest, I, I've been thinking about. Uh, the non binging of the show as opposed to other shows like Netflix shows where you can binge watch the entire season the day it comes out. Right. Um, I, I like that. I have a week to digest each episode. Yeah. With Picard. Me too. Um, there are some shows that do benefit, I think from a binge binging approach, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but in with something that has so much uh, substance and um, a lot of, uh, it's very um, dense, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, it, it it allows me to appreciate what just happened a lot more once we get to that next episode. Right. Does that make sense? Am yeah, no, that? it totally does. Um, so let's get right into this episode. Uh, this episode, we finally get to the artifact, the Borg Cube. Our crew, our motley mm -hmm. crew of, uh, of heroes makes it to the Borg Cube. Raffi is... Uh, Drunk out of her mind. Drunk, yes, yes, and drunk and smoking her, her hookah thing, her, her vape pen. Her vape pen, the twenty <laughs> the twenty fourth century equivalent of a vape pen. <laughs> yeah. um, and the and uh, uh, 
the actually the sequence to get him diplomatic papers to go onto the Borg cube is really cool. That was really fun. Um, we finally get to see a Starfleet captain. We yes. get to see the uniforms, uh, which was yes. really neat. Uh, do you recall the name of the ship she was a captain of? I, I don't, don't. I don't know if it was named. I, it may not have been. Um, however, it does seem like uh, you know she's Rafi is that type of uh, has that uh, reputation where yeah. She's kind of fallen on some hard times, but she still carries a lot of weight with a lot of the uh, people who she served with. So they will do them favors. You know what I'm saying? Or she just knows them so well. Like this was a friend. Yeah. That yeah. She, but, that she she knew what buttons to push to kind of get to the answer that she needed. But I also think, too, that just because of her Starfleet, Starfleet background, uh, she does carry some weight or some sort of or at least enough respect that was earned during her time in Starfleet, whether it be through a friendship or through her accommodations uh, yeah. uh, in 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 the field um, where she can actually she is able to um, get what she needs right uh, and pull it together enough to get it <laughs> yeah well one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that the I think I don't think the show wants you to be wise to the fact that Picard is an is an enabler in this moment he oh, is yeah. he's like yeah good job keep drinking <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Give that... me what I need that was very, I don't want to say a little disappointing for me, but yeah. um, it was it was just different. It was a different side of Picard that we I don't think I've really seen. That You know what? Let's, I want to, I, I was going to wait, and you just brought something up, and I think we okay. should talk about it now. Yeah. Um, this In this episode, I really felt like, um, and I get it, Patrick Stewart, is older. He acts differently than he did 30 yeah. years ago. Picard is 30 years older. He's broken. Yeah. He's a different. But sometimes I feel like it's unrecognizably different. Yeah, yeah. And especially in that moment with Rafi. I also think, too, like I had that same thought, thought process after I kind of digested that episode. And the way I kind of let it uh, sink in my head is that when we first saw Picard, he was what 50 or so or is, or that's the age that he was, he portrayed 50 ish. I guess so. I, I guess so. Because if he's supposed to be 90 now or Peter would be 60 then. Right. So if it was 30 years later, it'd be 60. Let's oh, just say give, give or take a decade, whatever. Okay. I mean, he's been an old man for as long as he's been alive. Yeah. Exactly. He's been an old man since Dune, but um, <laughs> you know, the, Callback. yeah. Um, but the point is, is that, He's been he was an adult for let's say thirty years during the time on uh, Next Generation, and another thirty years have passed since we last saw him. So that's a whole another thirty years of adult life that we haven't seen, that of, of life experiences that we don't know about. So uh, I mean, we can obviously, uh, you know, try to uh, think about what uh, we can guess as to what uh, like major things may have happened. But yeah. yes, this uh, this is a different Picard uh, with. Uh, twice as many life experiences that uh, he's he's had uh, since we last saw him. Well, you so, look at uh, you look at his stance, thinking differently. You look at just his stance; like he's relaxed. Mm -hmm. He doesn't stand up straight. He's always got his hands in his pockets. Um, there's a lot yeah. of, but but classic Picard wouldn't have let Rafi be drinking. He would have put a stop to that. He he would have he would have put a stop to that. He would have put a stop to a lot of things going on on that ship. He wouldn't yeah. allow the captain to smoke cigars on the on the on the bridge. He, uh, you know, yeah. a whole bunch of like little things, right? Um, yeah. But 
that was also in, in a time when he was a part of Starfleet. He's not on Starfleet. This is he's this isn't his ship. He has to play by someone else's rules. Yes, everybody looks up to him for where to go because he's the one. He's the fi- uh, so-called financier of this entire endeavor, right? Because he wants to uh, uh, go you know, do the thing, and they're helping him. Yeah. Um, maybe not financier is the right word, but he's the one that's you know, he's the he's the arrow of the. Or he's the financier. I think financier is right. I think this. Uh, it's no secret to the audience that we've seen the se- the next episode after this. Uh, but I think that episode also makes it clear that it's a little bit more than money that these guys are after right now. They're in. They're involved. They like him. They want to be on this mission. Yeah. But they don't want to. They don't want him to know. <laughs> because I think if they do let him know, then that gives him. Almost like I mean, it might they, he might Rios might as well just give him the range of the ship at that point. Yeah. Right. Well, I think I think it's more. I think they've got this tough this tough people exterior. Um, Agnes, uh, we don't we don't learn that Agnes killed Bruce in this episode. Um, well, the crew doesn't. Uh, yeah. But uh, they get we we get a reference to Latinum, which I appreciated. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, I knew you were waiting for that. Yeah. The econ the econ- the uh, economics of the twenty first century elude me at this point. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's you know to be quite honest, ever since DS nine, it's kind of eluded me a little bit, just to some degree. It's just I, I get. But there was always now then. there was always the clear cut. Earth doesn't have a class system. Yes, yes, yes. And that goes back to the yes, first yes. episodes where Rafi's on a trailer park and being like, "You're rich, Picard." It's like, yep, yep. Really? All yep. right, whatever. But anyway, um, let's talk about Hugh meeting Picard. That was such a touching moment. Yeah. I thought. Um as soon as he sees him, uh that that ex- that just that ex- hug exchange and just him saying you're obviously here for a reason. Whatever you need, you let me know and I'm gonna do it. He he that that level of respect. I mean not only that but gratitude for what he did yeah. to free him and and not only free him but um uh, just the history that they have to have together was was instantly uh, portrayed. Like he didn't skip a beat, and um, yeah, you, you it, get a sense that episode uh, in regards to Hugh. Yeah, you get a, you do get a sense of or was the it last this time... was that next episode? No, it was this... no, it's the next episode. It's the next Sorry. episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, the <laughs> spoiler. You, you you get a sense that Hugh and Picard have met in the time between the last time we saw Hugh, which was Descent. Um, which was the last time we also see Lore, um, because Lore took over the Borg that Hugh mm-hmm. infected and gave them all individuality. Um, and it, it looks like that Picard helped Hugh reintegrate into Federation life. Yeah. Because Hugh is eternally grateful to Picard, whereas the last time we saw him in Descent, he was very angry with Picard for sending him back to the Borg Collective. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true too. But at the same time, Hugh... While he, I feel like he was influenced a lot by lore. Um, I feel like after uh, Descent ended, I wouldn't be. I mean, I kind of got that feeling that Hugh kind of understood or started to at least understand and be able to, and was able to actually think on his own as opposed to have some leader to look up to. Like in the collective, it was uh, the the Queen. In on um, on I on I Borg, it was LaForge and Data. 
on uh, Descent, it was Lore, right? Now he he's his own he's his own individual, right? Yeah. He's able to make the decisions himself, uh, collect all the information he wants to make the most informed decision that he that he believes, right? So I think yeah. that, um, that, I mean, yes, maybe they have met before, but I it wouldn't surprise me if they did not. I think it's likely that they have had, and I, I think that Jonathan Delarco plays it like he has. Um, Jonathan Delarco returning as Hugh, by the way, great. I love him. I think he's fantastic. I I, I um uh, I think he's pitch perfect when yes. when he when he's ba- when he's back Which as was Hugh. Odd because when I watched when when watching I Borg and uh, Descent, he wasn't my favorite character. Yeah. Of those, I mean, maybe it was just because it, he was surrounded by the characters I love, and it was just okay. Another. He's Borg also not given a lot. That's true too, and, and they are giving him a lot more here. But even and yeah. granted, with all the prosthetics and the makeup in the earlier in the uh, TNG uh, episodes, it may have uh, limited his ability to kind of portray like the different emotions that uh, facial expressions and things like that. Uh, so, like him now, just with a couple, essentially the same kind of prosthetics that Seven of Nine had. Um, it was uh, it was much it was I think it was easier for the actor to, to portray certain things. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that I think it, he completely works. Um, one of the things that I really liked is when Picard is in his um, his ready room, I guess, technically his, his holographic room. Yeah. The uh, house that they didn't want to take tear the set down. Yeah. <laughs> bugs me. It bugs me so much. <laughs> but I, I, because I always wonder, like, why isn't it just the Enterprise ready room? That would be that would have been great too. Why yeah. wouldn't it be? Yeah. Why Why is he just like I want my living room? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even him. They got that uh, that design from his his uh oh from Mars. Yeah. Yeah, but, but know, still, or, it's yeah. like, how great would it be? Like he walks in as the Enterprise ready room. Like that would have been really cool. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, when he's doing it, he sees pictures of Hugh as he was then and Hugh now and then he sees a picture of himself as the cutest and how the camera frames the oh, hologram over his face and he's just like oh, cool. touching yeah. his face like making sure the Borg implants mm-hmm. aren't still there that I was, thought that was that real was, good that was creepy that was yeah, good though very, very, I thought that was real that good. was very good cinematography I don't I, I, I who let's see who directed this Maya Vivilo I don't know who that is let me, let me click um Maya Vavilo, uh she directed some Discovery episodes. Um, Keep it in the family. Yeah, and a couple of the Star Trek, uh, the the Short Treks episodes. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's her Star Trek uh, history. Yeah, I, I thought that was that was really great piece of filming. Um, and then when he's on the board cube, I can't remember, and I think it's right that Picard hasn't been on a board cube since he was the cutest. No, yeah, he has not been. And uh, what you call it? Because the closest that it's ever been was in first contact when they started to assimilate the Enterprise. Right, right but he never close. went on the cube. No, he was never the on the cube or the sphere. And um, there wasn't a Borg in Descent? There wasn't a Borg mm-hmm. cube in Descent? Nope. Um, yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah, he wasn't in a Borg cube since the cutest. He, it's, what's interesting is that he takes a look around, and even Hugh makes a uh, comment saying this is a more advanced uh, um, Borg cube than than the one that he was on uh back in uh that the 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 uh what you call it but uh when he was the cutest yeah um 
But I, I, I like, uh, he's like, this isn't the Borg, this isn't a Borg cube, it's the artifact, and you're not Locutus, you're Jean-Luc Picard. Yes, yes. I like that. Because he's all, he's having, like, flashbacks, he's, like, freaking out, like, oh mm. my god, like, all these memories are flushing back onto him. Well, and, another uh, thing, too, is Hugh, he, he's part of the Reclamation Project, that's what he yeah. tells his, all the XBs, too, like, you are not, you know, three of twelve, you are whatever uh, you know so yeah. and so from whatever planet this is the artifact we're here to uh liberate you essentially yeah and it's a great parallel because picard calls gerard like tells gerardi um the borg are they they don't adapt they metastasize they're monsters and mm-hmm. then he sees these people and is like hugh the borg are victims like he when he when he finally like sees the borg as he once saw hugh yeah like he always kind of look, like in in it. I think it plays with with what we know from canon, because he's always kind of looked at the Borg as people you could deassimilate, but the Borg as an entity are monsters. But now to see them like now to as see a like collective, right? yeah. But now to see like this this dissimilation uh, on such a massive scale, he's now looking at all these people who used to be Borg and realizing they're all like this. Every one of these people were taken at. Yeah. But it's taken against their will. And what's interesting is that uh, Picard says makes uh, mention something to the effect of like I've never seen something uh, on this scale before. Where we have in um, Voyager, uh, where they were starting not at this scale, not this scale, but it was a larger scale than what Picard was yeah. uh, was referencing, right? Yeah. Um, because the only thing, the only uh, experience they have is with Hugh. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you know, they they've. I'm sure there have other been, there have been other people who've been deassimilated. Yeah. Um, but, but like first contact, they killed everyone who was who was turned to a Borg. Yeah, they they made zero effort. Yeah, rude. and well, even like in in um, what's the girl's name from First Contact? Who? The Alfred Woodard. I forgot her name. Oh oh gosh. Is that from Cochrane? Anyway, but she makes a mention of the fact like they brought you back. Why don't you bring them back? Yeah. And he's like, it's different. Why? Because why it is. is it different? Yeah, but that doesn't make it, it doesn't. That that's another plot hole that I think we did talk about too. When we but it, our, but it but it's about plot. Picard. It's not a plot hole. It's about Picard's unwillingness to see the Borg as anything other than the collective. Because of what they did to him. That's the plot of First Contact. Is that he can't get over what the collective did if, to him. Uh, if Jordy was a part of that away team up up on the Enterprise, he would have been able to have, uh, you know gotten some sense into Picard more than I mean granted it would probably make for less of less story I guess uh I think uh, we don't, it's not a first contact discussion yes I'm sorry yeah I'm <laughs> it's okay um I, I but, see Borg and that's what I want to talk about I, um, I like the Borg a lot I'm glad they're in this I'm glad they're in this I yeah, think we're coming too. to and, a and it's, and it's nice to see the Borg in a non-antagonistic role yeah though not I do think point. it's coming I, I think it's coming too, and to be honest, I think what's going to happen. Oh, we'll talk about it after the next episode. Yeah. Well, well, I think this episode kind of calls into question something that we've always known: is that there is a mystery underneath the main plot line of this of the ser- of this first season, there, yeah, which absolutely. is which is why did the Borg disconnect this this cube from the collective? Yeah, it's a mystery. Nobody knows why. It wasn't mm-hmm. in a battle. It just stopped being part of the collective one day. And, you know, it, it was very, very clear that there's going to be something else going on with the Borg, which will probably be a cliffhanger to season two. Um, and it, it it automatically clicked when uh, Hugh brought uh, Picard and um, Soji 
to the queen's uh chamber queen's, queen's chamber and they were able to teleport out or or do that um do that iconian teleportation uh doorway right um but uh when they go down there hugh's like yeah not many no one knows about this but me or something like that i'm like yeah oh, nobody oh, knows about this but borg but borg yeah because the and, borg um, because the borg know about it because of their shared memory exactly yeah, they, 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 yeah that's what i meant um but then I'm thinking, okay, what else do the Borg know? Is, is there like some secret chamber of a whole bunch of legions of Borg that are about to activate or some something? I don't know. Um, well, what I like about... I wouldn't about, be surprised if that happened for sure. I uh, think they just subtly referenced the fact that the queen is still alive. Well, they also said that there's different queens, right? There's I don't remember that. Yeah, no, they they absolutely said that. They said that um, the consciousness of the queen are, acts as a collective as well. So all the queens on the different Borg cube cubes mm -hmm. they act as their own separate queen collective oh and i understand was, what you're saying yeah no yeah. that was implied in voyager but what, what i'm saying is i think in voyager the final episode of voyager I, it, it does imply that voyager destroyed the final queen like there are no like the queen are the queen are gone the borg are gonna be but that so plot we thread think. well i know i think that's what happened it's <laughs> like that plot thread was was left un untouched for so long mm -hmm. that now shabon has come in and be like okay well what if they didn't yeah. What if the queen is still around? Because the Borg would still be around. Um, so I'm wondering. I, we can't we're speculating. Out, of course. Just on the last second speculating thing, we can't even count out time travel and the mirror universe as well. So I want to count they, out they, the mirror universe. <laughs> they could have. They could have come from there too. So yeah, it's true. Leave it at that. Um, we do universe talk Borg. about look like? um, Soji's dream. Yeah, yeah. Narek takes advantage of Soji's dreams in this in the situation. Yeah. First off, um, we see Soji and Narek again because we didn't see them all last episode. Yes. And which was a great breath of fresh air. Um, however, when they come back here, it's not as terrible as it was the first five episodes or first well, four episodes. Do you know why? Because something happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they finally did something with this plot line. Yeah. It's been so frustrating the past like four the first four episodes of this plot line that nothing changed, nothing happened, and then yeah. finally some movement. Soji yeah. realized that she is not human. Uh, Narek finally revealed his true colors. Mm -hmm. um, so the way that uh, they do it is Soji's looking at her photo albums and, and all her childhood things. She she somehow has this tool that carbon. Uh, some she's kind carbon of, dating. Yeah, carbon dating it, and yeah. nothing goes back further than three years. Um, she freaks out. Uh, Narek takes her, takes her to some Romulan, you know, dream chamber or something or other where supposedly you have to take your shoes off. I don't know why, but you do this and you walk through like a um, like a Jumanji board kind of thing, and you get to experience different memories. And um, oh, what did you think of the idea that the Romulans have three different names? Uh, you know, I didn't really think much of it. Should I have? I hate it. I, I mean, I, because they have, really... so, so, so Soji is just like, everyone knows that Romulans have three names. The one that you give to people, the one that you have in secret, and then the one that you work, like, I'm just like, that's dumb and overcomplicated. Like one yeah. name, come on. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think I just may have just, it, it may have just went in one ear out the other for me. It didn't really. It's like, I, I like. Mind. I like projected back. I was like, are you telling me that every Romulan that we ever met was giving a false name? Like that's, <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Huh? Um, or 
Or maybe that maybe she was just referencing Tal Shiar. No, it's just Romulan. It's just, just like everyone okay. knows Romulans are this. It, and it goes back to like the whole thing, like Romulans are super secret. And it's like they're really not though. And you know what's funny is that like not every Romulan is super secret. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just maybe that it, uh, whatever. I don't know. We could talk about that for days. The Romulan. There's a couple of Romulan retcons in the series that that, that do make my head hurt. Like the whole thing is like we don't trust any cybernetic synthetics. Like there were yeah. Romulans chomping at the bit just to look at Data's brain. Yeah. Yeah. And the originals in the in next generation. Like, come on, that's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's well. They're adding like layers and layers to the Romulan thing, and uh, if it, it, if it works for the series, then I'm not gonna. They they want Romulans to be an onion, but they're really just apples. They have one layer, and yeah. then they have the meat, and then they have a an evil n- nutty core. What what um, they are is Roddenberry. Roddenberry said the Klingons can't be the villains anymore, so the Romulans will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, so they're in this chamber, and she references this dream that she keeps having of her walking into her dad in some flower room, but she can never see. Past the flowers, she always wakes up when her dad yells at her. Um, and then, long story short, uh, Narek kind of pushes her to kind of look past the dream. And once she's because able to it's, look Because past, he realizes it's not a dream, it's a memory. Exactly, yeah. Um, and once she does, she sees herself as uh, a wooden Pinocchio-type figure yeah. in pieces. A nice little reference to um, uh, the first episode of TNG with when Riker... Uh, makes the uh, um, the Pinocchio joke. Pinocchio joke to data. Yeah. Um, well, kind of so I wanted to I wanted to touch. That's a really good place to touch on because Merrick says, "Why would an android have dreams?" Mm-hmm. It's a sub, and he likes and he speculates the idea that's like every piece of a of a positronic brain, every piece of a synthetic uh, has a purpose. Mm-hmm. So, and they're constantly making new neurons and new connections to to learn and to grow. That's why that's how data was able to learn and grow. Um, but what happens when you want to, when you want one to believe that they're human, even though they're not, they would, so the idea is that she is taking all the evidence that she is not human and, and the, her brain is transporting it into these dreams so that she will, is never aware of the fact that she's not human. Yes. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the episode of uh, TNG when I can't remember, the, I can't recall the name of the episode, but it's when Data uh, keeps uh, trying to follow the, um, the 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 Sparrow, the black, the black, uh, the black. Oh, when he's having a dream, yeah. Yeah, he's having a dream, and he's he's constantly trying to figure out what that dream means. And it, he it opens just, the chest, and there's a phone. Yeah, in. yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a good, it's a. I, I enjoyed that little kind of callback to to androids and dreams. That that's what I that's why I kind of took out of it. Um, there's a Philip K. Dick book called "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep," which was turned into Blade Runner, and I think that's what they're. I think that's also what they're referencing. Yeah. Possibly. Um. Um. So, anyways. Uh, Merrick uh, was able to get her to remember the dream and uh, essentially like his, his whole goal is to try to find out where the synth home world, home world is now. Yes. Um, she looks up uh, after she sees her, herself as a, uh, as a Pinocchio figure looks up and there's a stormy, uh, like an orange cloud with two moon, two red moons or so, something to that effect. And um, finally, Narek's sister who's listening in uh, says, good job, little brother or whatever, you know, yeah, and she uh, goes and she goes to search for this for this planet, for and Narek is going to kill Soji. Yeah, 
Yeah, a little callback to Nemesis in the way that he does it. Yeah, I thought that was um, cool. Yeah, this uh, little, uh, uh, what do you call it, the impossible box opens and then the little twirly thing and then a bunch of gas comes out and she's able to Hulk smash her way through the floor down into the... Uh... I like it. Uh, and this is kind of where we get into the Picard stuff again, because Picard, uh, Picard's looking for Soji, and Hugh uh, is helping him, and he and he's realizing like she's she's activating, she's realizing yes. who she is. Yeah. Um, it's like Hugh, it's very important that you get me to her right now. Yeah. Um, and so they so they 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 find her, and I'm really glad that they finally connected, and we have Soji and Picard meet, and they and didn't now, draw this out for another episode. And now we have one timeline, one line of uh, of um, storyline now. It finally yeah. converged into one, and now we're just going forward with one. There's nothing... And I really kind of like that Soji is like, who are you? And it's like, I don't have time to explain. You're safe with me. Please come with me. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and I then... mean, essentially, she's just choosing the lesser of two evils, because it's either stay on the ship that uh, where someone's trying to kill her, or go with somebody off the ship, but you don't can't trust them either. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. Off the ship seems like a pretty good idea, seeing as a bunch of uh, Romulans are trying to kill her. Did so you catch the guy who yells out the cutest? I did. Who was that? It's just some random board. Dude. A random dude. Okay, random. <laughs> this board is a, guy. some yeah. random XB who's just like the cutest. I, I kind of <laughs> like it because Picard's like what? Yes. Uh, what can I do for you? <laughs> yeah, I can I kind of thought that was funny. Um, yeah. Elnor was supposed to stay on the ship. He doesn't. Yes, he does. Yeah, um, he doesn't. Uh, he uh, goes out and helps uh, Picard and Soji escape, which is weird to me. That why couldn't all four of them just have uh, gone in and maybe like close the door, turn off the little thing? I don't know. Did they That's explain a good point. that? I missed. Uh, that. Someone needs to know. turn it off. Really? That's it. The they don't explain. They don't explain it, but that's if I had to come up with an excuse right now, it would be someone. The only thing that I kind of thought of is maybe uh, Hugh did not want to leave all his XBs behind. Yeah, that maybe. could be too. Yeah, I could buy that. Um, but because he's ex- he he's really he's he doesn't want to. They're his people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could buy that. That he wouldn't want. He he didn't want. Are we going? Let's go with that. All right, let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, I'd go I with that. It'll make me. It's. It's make a little. Me rationalize the next episode a little bit better. It's a little dumb that Elnor stays though. It is. I mean, but granted, like his whole thing is he's staying because he he gives his sword to lost causes is what I understand, right? Sure. Um, and him staying to defend the XBs and Hugh. Seems like a lost cause, so he's like, "Yes, I'll I'll defend you now, or whatever." Uh, but he's not doing it to protect Hugh; he's doing it to protect Picard. Initially, right? But did, did, then doesn't Picard say something like, "You are no longer in my service," or something like that? Yeah, but he says, "I I don't accept." Maybe until after he leaves, and then uh, he's maybe. like, okay, "Now now I got uh, got Hugh to look after." But there's no reason for Elnor there's to no leave. Reason. Like if yeah. Hugh if Hugh closes the door, then it's just like, hey, they went that way. Yeah. But because Elnor is there, they're just like, uh, excuse me, who's that? Yeah, he kind of messes it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it, it I think it's just plot contrivance because of what we know of the this the next episode. Not the one that, that comes after this, but the one after that. Well, we know about the the yeah. next episode about the episode after. Um, um, yeah, it's a it's a little. I kind of wish that they didn't, but 
Um, and it's also weird that Picard is like, let me go to Nepenthe. Like, why not just I mean, go I, onto the ship? I don't... I thought that Hugh said something about it has to be a planet. Uh, I don't think so. Let's see. For people who don't yeah. know, he's looking at Memory Alpha. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. All it's, yeah, I am looking at Memory Alpha. Sorry. Um, yeah, it has a range of 40,000 light years. So I'm pretty sure that the ship is within 40,000 light yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Go to the ship. Maybe just because they know that he's that they're all on the ship or that, or that, or like if they, if they did beam aboard that ship, then they would know. And then, cause they had him in the tractor beam, right? Or it could be that he wants to get as far away from them as possible. And then they try to save, to try to save because they don't, they're not after them. They're after Picard. Yeah. And Soji. So and they wouldn't maybe, let go of the ship. If they, yeah. if Soji was on that ship, I yeah. guess I understand going to Nepenthe because it's like, it's a very last ditch effort kind of thing. Maybe. Like the first thing he thought of. The free, yeah, exactly. He was just he was in a in a state of just panic. He's like Nepenthe. I need to go see Riker right now. Yeah. Right? Oh, well, sorry. spoilers. He's going to Riker. <laughs> um, My bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is there anything more about this episode that we could talk that we could touch on though? I was really, I'm just really happy that finally Soji and Picard very, are connected. Yeah. It, I mean, while there was a lot of fun, fun stuff going on, it was a very straightforward episode. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't too much to really i mean like minus all the little easter eggs that we already talked about there really wasn't too much else right no but it's not necessarily that there isn't too much is that it's it's not we haven't talked about that yeah it's not it's not taking its time it is running through the plot and i kind of like that i think the pacing of the plot right now is pretty good I think I think the pacing throughout, actually, uh, at least with Picard's side of the story, was great. Soji's side obviously was slow for us, but um, everything with Picard moving moving where it's at, I think it's it's going really good. And um, I really enjoyed. I mean, I I know that he. I, th- I think I know why Elmore just stayed is because they wanted some some dude swinging a sword just for action purposes. I think. Because it's cool. Because it's cool. And it was. It was cool seeing him do all that stuff. I don't think it was absolutely necessary, but I think yeah. it was kind of neat seeing that. I mean, you see this guy that's been training, like, um, essentially like a, a, a Romulan John Wick with a sword, right? And you want to see him in action. So yeah. why not throw him into a board cube with a bunch of Romulans that uh, who hate him, who hate him, right? Yeah. I love his little saying. What does he say? Like, please, brothers. or Please, my friends, choose please, to live. Friends, choose to live. Yeah. That, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because he's like, if you cross the sword with one with one of these guys, you're not coming out the other end. Yeah, alive. yeah. Uh, uh, unless however. unless you're plot relevant. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hence, uh, next episode. <laughs> yes, I think that's it for this episode. I can't think of anything more to add to it. Um, unless you got anything more. Uh, really like seeing Jonathan Del Arco in, uh, with Picard. Uh, by the way, Jonathan Del Arco. It was John, it was his idea. To hug Picard, to hug uh, Patrick Stewart. Oh, really? Yeah, they were trying to figure out like what would be good for the first meeting between you guys in like thirty years. Like, how would this? And Jonathan Delarco is like, "Well, I'd like to hug you if that's okay." And it was like, "Yeah, let's, just, let's do." He that. was just fanboying. That's what he was doing. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, nope. it's 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 like you get anything of uh, your your doctor. 
We talk a little bit about her. She doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. She doesn't have a lot to do, but she is definitely feeling the repercussions of her actions of killing her. Dude. Oh, I forgot about the worst thing. She sleeps with Rios. Yeah, that's right. Or does she sleep with her? Or does... Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, she's yeah. hesitant at first, but then he she does finally. Yeah, because that was dumb. Playing soccer. And, um, yeah, that was very forced. It did not feel natural at all. It felt no. dumb. I did not like it at all. I, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, that's probably why uh, we blocked it out of our memory. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she feels guilty for what happened to Bruce. Um, and you know what? I, I kind of thought this was going to go. I think that I think that she uh, I think that she didn't want to kill Bruce. I think she felt like she had to. Yeah, uh, we find out more about that later. Yes. Um, um, so, so we don't, we see a little bit more of her guilt and she's, again, she sleeps with Rios, which is awful. Um, and, uh, no, Rafi, not Rios, Rios. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You got to say that Rios. Uh, Rafi kind of starts to become a little sober. Like Rios helps Rafi like get, like stop, get, stop drinking so yeah. much. Um, outside of Picard and Soji though, the, the crew kind of sits on, kind of sits on the sidelines. Um, which is fine. Yeah. Because there's so much going on on the board cube, we wanted to see this this reunion between Hugh and uh, and Picard. Yeah, uh, we waited for it for quite a while. I really like the design of the board cube. That it was what? I really like the design of the board cube. Yeah, it was kind of neat, right? I mean, it, like he said, it, like Hugh said, it was updated and um, it was a lot sleeker. It looked like uh, yeah, kinda neat. Um, I like the moving I, plates and the. Yeah, I think it, that's it, all really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really neat. The species uh, that they that they assimilated. Sorry, uh, does Memory Alpha, you, since you have it up, the species mm-hmm. that they got that transport tech uh, from is a Voyager species. I forgot their name at this po- moment. Do you mind pulling it up? Uh, device from the Borg attained the Sicarians. The Sicarians. They're mm-hmm. a Voyager species. Voyager tried to get them to try tried to help them. Uh, tried to get them to use their tech to go to the Alpha yep. Quadrant, but it didn't work. Voyager um, episode Prime Factors. Yeah, uh, I guess the board got to them. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that's right, huh? Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow, yeah. good call. Good call on that. Yeah, cool. there's cool. a lot of Voyager callbacks to the season. There's more Voyager yeah. than there is to next gen. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. All right. So so let's get out of here then. Let's let's uh uh we're gonna we're gonna end this episode. Uh so uh thank you to everyone thank you to everyone who watch who's watching this right now. Um we this is the on our Fake Nerd podcast channel. We have a podcast called Fake Nerd Podcast, which we do every week. Um uh, we probably have an episode of Bloodshot coming out by the time you're listening to this. Um if not a quiet place part two. Is that um, coming out already? Wow! From the moment we're recording this in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Got it. All right. Yeah. Um, depending on how how quickly we quickly we get this one up, uh, on this channel is also our Basement Arcade series where Ryan and Ben are going through Sonic Mania, um, and we might be putting up another one soon. Little sizzle there. Um, you can find us every week. Uh, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, or Fake Nerd Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and on all the um social medias and whatnot michael uh downright nerdy podcast where can they find you 
They can find us anywhere that you type in Downright Nerdy Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Castbox, all those fun places, downrightnerdy.com. Uh on Twitter at Nerdy Downright, because I did that incorrectly the first time and I can't change it anymore. So uh yeah, find us there. But make sure uh you click down here. Um, right next to where it says Fake Nerd Podcast, uh, subscribe, click, click that little notification bell so you guys know when the next episode is coming out because we're going to be doing this all through the end, through Picard and possibly some more uh, um, series later on. And some, uh, I know I was talking with a couple of the, your colleagues over at Fake Nerds. Uh, we're thinking about doing some cool like uh, book club stuff uh, um, with a couple of new novels coming out. So yeah, hit, hit this bell right down here. It's super yeah, simple. so a lot right of. There. Lot of- a lot of cool stuff coming out. Uh, yeah. He's a lot. He's a lot better at this than I am. So definitely subscribe to this and subscribe to yeah. his channel. Cool. Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. guys. Until until next episode. Yeah. Thank you again, Brandon. Appreciate of it. Of course. Thank you. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. We're going to be wearing the same clothes for next week.